Hi, this is Susie Larson. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast of Live the Promise. You know, shows like this are made possible because of your continued support of Faith Radio. To learn more, please check out our website at MyFaithRadio.com. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm Susie Larson, and this is Live the Promise, and we are here to help you engage in a strong and active walk of faith. Welcome. Glad you tuned in, and a very happy Thursday to you. Well, in just a moment, you'll hear my discussion with business leader Bill English about what it means to guard our lives, to walk in integrity, and to engage our faith in our everyday affairs. Bill offers 12 very important and practical steps to take. First of all, I want to remind you that if you're ever in need of prayer, we actually really love to pray. We'd love to pray for you here at Faith Radio. You can give us your prayer requests in two ways. You can call our Faith Line, 877-933-2484. That's 877-93-FAITH. And leave a message for us, letting us know how we can stand with you. But you can also go to our website and find the Prayer Works page. And when you post your praise or prayer request, you'll get an email letting you know every single time someone sees your post and prays for you. Also, if you hear a podcast or read an article that you think would be helpful for someone in your life, maybe a coworker or family member, you can share it with them easily by clicking the share button at the corner of the page. Now, this is one way you can actually be a radio missionary. You may not feel called to another country or city to share the gospel, but we're all called to bring the message of the kingdom to those in our lives. And Faith Radio is honored to help you do just that. Also want you to know that we love to have your input on our programs and topics. So if you don't have access to a computer, you can again just call our faith line. Here's the number one more time, 877-933-2484. That's 877-93-FAITH. Leave us a message for any member of the Faith Radio team and let us know when there's a program or a guest that challenges or encourages you or if you have another idea or topic you'd like us to address on a future show. It's just another great way for us to connect with you and to do this journey together. Okay, let me tell you about my guest, and we'll get this conversation started. Bill English is an industry leader, author, and educator, specializing in SharePoint products and technologies. He serves as chief executive officer of EBA companies, and since 2000, Bill's written 14 books on exchange and SharePoint products. He lives in Minnesota with his wife and two children, where summer is the six best days of the year. You can find him online at mindsharp.com, as well as our own Faith Radio blog. Bill, you and I were talking before this that these 12 Gs also apply to women as yes, well. Yes, they do. Right. Yeah. But we're going to kind of focus on guys, and I will occasionally interject the maybe the female uh, aspect <laughs> of this, and I'm sure you'll have some things to say about it too. But the first G is? first G is God. Uh, you have to have, before you can be successful at the other 11 Gs that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, the first G is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. And... Um, it is, the, it is the transforming power of the Holy Spirit uh, that genuinely is miraculous and genuinely cannot be imitated or copied uh, in any real sense by anything else or anyone else on this earth. It's that power that we need in our lives in order to be successful at the other 11 Gs and to ensure that we have an eternity with God himself. Hmm. So... I love that you're, you know, the talking about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit yes. within, because, yes. you know, to stay with the sports theme, thinking guys, I love sports myself, but I mean, I think guys really do get this, to move from a spectator to a participant, because just because you go to football games doesn't mean you're a football player, right? Right. And so you think about so many people, either they don't go to church or maybe they go, but they go as spectators. But the when you shift from being a spectator to being on the field to say, I count me in, I'm a part of this, and you transfer your hope, your hope hope into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and then the Spirit is in you, then you're empowered. You're not empowered as a spectator. And that feels extremely important because Mm -hmm. without the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we can't go on and do and be the things God has called us, and we don't have a secure eternity. So don't want to pass by this one, Um, but don't you feel like that there are probably many men and women who are living on the sidelines and thinking it's sufficient. I go to church. I think about God. I believe in him. But the Spirit of God isn't in them. But, you know, isn't that one of the temptations of Satan is to what I call pack it in? You know, I'm 53. I, I won't ask how Thank old you are. Thank you very are. much. This um, is about you today. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I'm 53, and and a, a number of my friends I can see are already starting the trajectory towards packing it in around early 60s, mid 60s. That's not biblical. Mm-hmm. That's not what God wants from us. In fact, what is, what does Paul talk? He talks to the Philippians. He talks to the, to those in, in Thessalonians. Keep abounding more and more. Amen. Keep growing more and more. If we are not growing and developing and continuing to become, uh, literally become, um, then then uh, we're really missing the boat. And we're shortchanging not just God's work in our life, but we're shortchanging the next generation because now they don't have mentors who are really on fire, really on the ball, that they can look to and say, how do I get there? Amen. How do I get there? Yeah. And this means, in my mind, it means, um, and this is a passion of mine, practicing Second Chronicles 7.14. You get up every ding-dong day and you say to God, what is the sin that I need to confess in my life? And what, what of, of, of all of that sin, God, I repent of it. And I'm going to ask you to heal my land. And I'm going to ask you to do some things here that are miraculous. Because we know that the prayer of a righteous man, James 5, is powerful and it's effective. And those who are sitting on the sidelines and are lukewarm, I'll tell you what, their prayers are not powerful and they're not effective and they wonder why God doesn't answer. I'll tell you why. It's because you're living with sin in your life. It's just that simple. And and you are a witness. People are watching you, and your life does testify to the greatness of God or even what you believe about God. And and so if we're not gaining ground, we really are losing ground. And so just to be clear, salvation, you're saved by grace, and he loves you no matter what. This is about spiritual traction. It really is about effectiveness. It is. is, And it really is, as you say, setting the the land for others to inherit it. And so this is no small thing. And so to to be really ruthless and almost unsympathetic with the things that hold you back it's isn't it hebrews 12 that we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run the race marked out before us and i know we both have that similar passion to not not to have inertia not to be dawdling but to really take ground for the sake of the call yeah you you just got to keep growing and so in this i would say with god you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you have to be growing and vibrant mm-hmm. in it. And I'll say to anybody who's listening, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Amen. You need to bow your head. Please do not put this off. Bow your head and say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I'm confessing my sins to you. I ask that you would come into my life and that you would become the Lord of my life. And if you've done that, there's a number that they can call, isn't there? Yes, 1-800-NEED-HIM, or yes. they can let us know. Email me, Susie at MyFaithRadio.com, and we will get you resources. We'll get you a Bible. I appreciate you doing that, not skimming over that, because one of my greatest burdens, Bill, is that there would be some that were going to face Jesus someday, and they're going to think they knew him, and he'll say, I didn't know oh you. My gosh, That's yeah. just horrifying to me, because there's a false sense of security. And so today is the day of salvation. And it if is. you prayed that prayer, do contact us. We'll get you some resources and help you along the way. And that's why we're here on my, on Faith Radio is just to lead people to Christ and nurture them in their faith. Yes. So I love yes. that we kind of spent a little bit of time on that one. <laughs> and that's for guys or girls. I'm talking to Bill English, got him in studio. It's so fun. We're talking about 12 guys, 12 guys, every girl needs 12, <laughs> um, 12 disciples. I'm, we're going to cut that out. Thank you so much. We're talking <laughs> Talking about 12 G's every guy needs. And this is fun. Okay. So the first one is God. And of course, girls need God too. The second one is girl. Is a girl. Yes. Every guy needs a girl. Tell me more. I don't want to be offensive to the guys who are called to uh, singleness. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. But I use the word girl to talk about we need people in our lives who are close to us who can support us and give us some accountability. Okay. So. That's what's wrapped up in that sure. G, in that, that in, the, in that girl G. You get there. our attention. Every guy yeah. needs a girl, but you're saying even on a broader yeah. scale, support. Yeah, and and look, if a guy does have a girl, you only get one. Yeah, you don't you get go. more than one. <laughs> yeah, you know we're not yeah. we're not polygamous here. Yeah, um, and we don't like affairs. Okay, those are often very not often they're always destructive. Um, having been a psychologist for nine years, I can tell you that it was rather destructive. So. God and a girl. The next one is guns. Let's stop on the girl thing. I just want to speak to the girls because this is so important. I don't think we even have any idea the power of the influence that we have. And we can so, at times, shift our hope from God 
to the guy and where you become a source rather than a gift. And we want more from you than you're equipped to give. And then when you don't give it, we become nags. And I just want to say this is so extremely important that we as women have accountability, just as you as men have accountability to get your life, your identity from the Lord so that we can build each other up. Because when a woman gets to that place where she's like, you're my gift, you're not my source, so I can love you, I can honor you, but I can build you up. I don't think there's any end to what guys can accomplish when women can get to that place. But on the flip side, I think guys, if they could understand, we're not hard to sweep off our feet either. We want to feel loved, safe, secure, and yeah. built up. And yeah. so that that support thing, even in, in the context of marriage, there's so much potential there. If we can have a forgiving heart, if we can do right. what you said at the outset, where we wake up and mm-hmm. what, what in me, Lord, we mm-hmm. humble ourselves, and then we build mm-hmm. each other up. So just a yeah. little side note. I think that's no, that's that's No, absolutely right. In fact, what what you said, and you guys may want to cut this part. I don't know if you'll let me, if you want to have this part in here. But uh, when a guy uh, consumes a lot of pornography and then expects the girl to be something other than who she is in the bedroom, that is a a recipe for degradation of the women mm-hmm. and a recipe for uh, a destruction of the relationship. And girls are... Uh, girls are not meant to be a guy's plaything. They are a helpmeet, uh, based on what the scripture says, but they are very much equal, and we uh, we should love them, care for them, nurture them, and value their opinions, and value their presence in our lives. Um, and I I feel like a, a misogynist even saying some of these things, but um, I love what you just said, and I think it's I, really important. Yeah. I know so many business. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of a Bible and business. I'm kind of doing my whole business owner uh, thing over there, and I see a lot of business owners who just really disregard their wives. Mm-hmm. And I look, I'm tempted to do it too. Kathy sometimes says some things to me, and I just blow her off. And it's not right. That's not true. That's not loving, just, pure, anything like that. And I go back and I think about what she says, and most of the time it's like. Dang it, she's spot on. Mm. And I don't want to admit it. My yeah. arrogance don't want to let me admit mm-hmm. it, you know. So, um, but guys, in all seriousness, if you are consuming pornography, you need to get out of that. And you need to realize that uh, that your wife needs to be loved, not used. And there's a huge, huge difference between the two. Well, Bill, that's staying in because I think that's okay. a word right from the Lord. I really do. I mean, that is a common struggle, and but you, there is redemption and there is freedom. There is. Yeah, there is. It's possible to get there out is. of it. So God, girls, guns is the next one. Guns. Let's I, talk about guns. Let's talk about guns. Uh, um, uh, what do I say about guns? I actually use the word guns to talk about protection. Uh, and here you can you can talk about a number of things. Uh, having proper amount of insurance. Um, if you're the breadwinner of the family and you don't have life insurance, you know, really honestly, you should get some. Enough so that my my philosophy is, if I die, Kathy would get 30% more than what I earn presently on a regular basis. And so that she is taken care of. I mean, what and a see, horrible there's thing. There's the security thing again. And yeah. I, I know of a woman whose husband died and then she realized he'd lapsed the payments. And so she had a double burden to bear. Yes. So on one hand, she's grieving the loss. On the other hand, she's, she's totally destitute and grieving the anger of, of how could you do this to me? And yeah. so, you know, the conflict yeah. in her was unbelievable. That's no small thing. Yeah, and that no, it is no small thing. And life insurance can be relatively cheap. If you want to use it as an investment vehicle and go whole life, then it's more expensive. But still... Um, to not have insurance is is and I look. I know Proverbs says, "Don't be afraid of sudden disaster." I get that, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be prudent about protecting ourselves. And I personally believe in the use of uh, various kinds of weapons to protect my family uh, legally. I don't disobey the law. Or what? <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I, no, I'm so sorry. No. That was a snarky joke. <laughs> Various weapons. I'm so curious. I cannot imagine you being snarky. <laughs> He's kidding, right? I can't imagine. <laughs> no, actually. I, that's, that's, Various weapons. I'm so curious. Uh, no, they're, they're oh, hand weapons. Oh, you don't want to say maybe, huh? No, they're hand weapons. Okay. Look, I'm a firearm instructor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an NRA instructor. So, yeah, I mean, firearms are, are a big part of my life mm-hmm. and a big part of my family's life. Um, and that's true of a lot of Minnesotans. We're not unique in that way. 
but I use guns to talk about protection. Yeah. So. And there's spiritual protection too. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. That you know the weapons of our warfare. I mean, we leave those under our bed. I think as oh as Christians, we need to understand what Scripture says. You know, I had a. Um, I was on Austin Hill show fairly recently, um, talking about uh, how Google had implemented a a ban on AdWords for sexually explicit content. And uh, the the thrust of what we were talking about was, well, what can we do to promote more of this kind of goodness on the Internet? And uh, he and I actually didn't talk about this particular point that I'm going to make here, but it came up in my research getting ready for my spot with him. And uh, I thought, you know, there's 4.2 million porn sites on the web. They estimate 35% of all Internet traffic is porn-related. And you ask, what can we do? Just what you said. The weapons that we fight with as Christians are not boycotts. They're not anything other than spiritual weapons against the principalities, powers, and the rulers of uh, of, of this dark world. And so I thought, you know, um, seems to me that God has promised. This is entirely within the hands of Christians in society. Because in Second Chronicles 7.14, going back to that, God has promised that if we pray and confess our sins and repent, that he will hear our prayers. And what will he do? He He'll will heal our land. Heal our land. Mm. I'm tired of Christians complaining Me too. about the state of affairs in the nation. Mm-hmm. When it, when the entire turnaround of this nation is entirely within the hands of the evangelical communities. Get on our knees, we raise up our shields, yeah. and we can move mountains. I, yeah. I've been saying that on this show forever because I feel equally as burdened about that. And we do, again, we lose our influence when we shake our fists and rant just louder in a different way over different issues or whatever. And I always told my boys when we were, when they were growing up, if you have to let go of love, to hang on to your cause, you've lost your way because you just become noise, right? Right. And so if you care about what's going on um, financially in the economy in, in with human trafficking, get on your knees and say, oh, not gosh. on my watch, not on my watch, and you pray. And that's one of the most powerful things you can do because, as you said, you know, God moves on the prayers of his people, and the prayer of the righteous accomplishes great and powerful things. It does. And so you have you have righteous people praying to a righteous God who is more powerful than anything, way more powerful than anything on this earth. And he directs the hearts and the minds of the leaders, Daniel tells us. And that's Bill English's paraphrase. But he he directs the hearts and the minds of the leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, in my mind, if you really want to shut down the porn industry, here's what you do. You get about 1,000 families to move to Chatsworth, California, which is ground zero. Every DVD and porn-related production company is in Chatsworth. It's in the northwestern San Fernando Valley. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you might be starting something here. What if a 1,000 families feel called to move there to pray? And all you do is you prayer walk that city. You prayer walk the the warehouses that all the porn movies take place in. Oh, my goodness. And and you hook up with some of the ministries, because there are former people in the porn former porn stars who are Christians now who are trying to evangelize within that community. Wow. You could, we could literally shut it down at the source instead of witching and moaning about this. Mm-hmm. You may want to take that out. Um, he said witching. So we're going to leave it in. <laughs> my, right. My language is salty sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but, you, but, you but instead point. of complaining about mm-hmm. this, um, uh, taking the weapons That's that right. God has told us is effective and using it against sin is where we will have the greatest effect. And before we move on to the next G, we've got Bill English in studio talking about the 12 Gs every guy needs and girls need these too. But I want you just to think about going out in the street, stopping traffic, putting your hand up. A few might listen, most will drive around you, but you go out in that same street with a badge on, with police uniform, yeah. and people will recognize the authority. When you start to understand your authority and you pray from that place, the demons in hell recognize the authority, but they're camping on the assumption you don't even know your authority. And so they're mm-hmm. going to skirt around you all day long until you do what Bill's saying, take up your weapons. And so I love the idea. I mean, really, wouldn't it be amazing, Bill, if a thousand families moved to California, said, I feel the call, I'm going, I'm prayer walking. And then we prayed too. And uh, boy, it's amazing what could be accomplished through intercessory prayer done in the authority of Christ. You know who lives in Chatsworth? Who? Kirk Cameron. 
Oh, wow. He's a powerhouse. We've had he's him on the show before. Yeah, he's, he lives in Chatsworth, California. As far as I know, he wow. lives. that's where he lives. So I'm not saying that there aren't Christians there and that there right. aren't churches there. Well, pray for those who are there then, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. But in all seriousness, um, instead of complaining, get on your knees because that's your most powerful way of doing things. Okay. So okay. we're covering the 12 G's every guy needs and girl needs. So we've got God. We've got girl. And if you just tuned in, you don't know what he means about girl. You're going to have to listen back to the podcast. you got guns. If you don't know what he means, you're going to have to listen back. <laughs> <laughs> that will be enough of a hook to get you to listen back. Yeah. And then the next one is gold. What do you mean there? Well, you got to have money. you got to have resources, but you need to manage it well. Deuteronomy 8 tells us that God gives us the ability to create wealth. So we're, any wealth that we do have, we're a steward of. We don't actually own it, even though the American system tells us that we own it. Who cares? In God's economy, he will provide what we need. And my only point here with gold is that uh, you need uh, a way to transact business and you need to manage it correctly. And there's all kinds of resources out there on managing money correctly. We should have you back just to talk about time management and life management. And, you know, that's your expertise yeah. so much. And so, but another thing about the gold, just to say, is become a giver. I'm telling you, I think there would be a revival in the church if, if you know, we have a very small percentage of Christians right now who tithe at all. Yeah. And so something like 97% don't. I mean, it's really unbelievable when you think of churches and ministries trying to function. And, and when you think of why people aren't giving, most often it's because of fear. And I think this could be, I say this all the time, but could be the church's finest hour if we would rise up and say we operate on a different system. We pay our bills. We're going to have excellent credit. We're going to be people of our word. We're going to tithe to our church, and we're going to give to ministries that we believe. And you do have to, just like when you work a muscle and you get a new threshold when you kind of put a demand on the muscle, you do have to acquire, I think, a faith muscle for giving. Start start small. Do what's within the faith that you have to do. You know what I mean? Don't mm-hmm. be grudging and don't be hasty. Don't let anybody twist your arm, but get with God and say, what's in my hand that you want and watch him raise your faith level. And I'm telling you what, your own faith will be revived, but I do think we'll start to see a revival of churches and ministries. I just feel very passionate about that too. So I hope that's okay. No, it's fine. In fact, I have a passion for that too. Mm-hmm. Kathy and I, my wife are sometimes not on the same page as you might imagine on certain things, but when it comes to giving, she and I both have the gift of giving and we would, you know, give anything that we can. You know, give to him who asks of you, mm-hmm. and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you, Matthew 5. Um, I will also say this. Uh, a lot of people don't give because they have so much debt and because they have just lived way beyond their means. So what I'm trying to teach my son and my daughter, which uh, um, I wish my dad had taught me, was is live on 80% of what you make. You save 10, you tithe 10, and live on 80%. And you're going to live necessarily at a lower standard of living than what America says you should be living at. But that's part of the counterculturalness of Christianity. And let's remember that we're here for such a short, short time. time. And what we do echoes into eternity. It does. does. It yeah. does. And so why are we laying up for ourselves treasures on this earth? Why are you so blasted worried about your 401k? or making sure you have money for retirement and all that when God has promised to meet your needs. Now, I'm not trying to be flippant for all you financial advisors out there who are yelling at me right now. Just, you know, calm your horses down there. I'm not saying you're not a good steward of planning with your money, but at the same time, it's not about the money. It's about your heart. And the reason people don't give is because their hearts are not aligned with the heart of God. I, I promise you, you watch a person drifting from God, the first thing that goes is their giving. Exactly. And I want you to think about think this all the way through. So you trust him with your eternity, but you don't trust him with your checkbook. Bingo. You got to look at that, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, something happens in your soul. Something happens in your life. I actually think your spiritual eyes open to eternal uh, perspectives when you become a giver. I don't know. God imparts something so significant when you're a giver. And I think that is. Your treasure goes to heaven, so you start to think long. You start to think with eternity in mind. You don't white-knuckle things as often. And so to me, this is an adventure. I'm. This is not me, Susie Faith Radio, saying send us money. Send it to your church. Send it to Compassion. Send it somewhere where God is saying to sow. But what I'm saying is I want this for you, too, because it will change the way you live. It will change you significantly. Good words from business leader and consultant Bill English. I'm Susie Larson. This is Live the Promise. We'll unpack more of the 12 points for shoring up your life in just a moment. You can find this whole program at our website at myfaithradio.com. And we will be right back. 
So talking to Bill English about the 12 G's every guy needs, and we're kind of joking that girls need these too, right? And the first one is God, the second one is girl. And we, well, we well obviously a girl's going to need a guy. guy. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, we have to walk you through that. And guns <laughs> and gold. And the next one is? Gears. Gears. And this gears. is good. This is, we're on the same page here. This is gears. <laughs> you know, uh, you remember Joe Souchere, uh, yes. used to have his, uh, his, uh, uh, cylinder index, right? I hope I can mention somebody else on the air like that. Of course. Um, but gears, guys like gears. Um, I, First time I bought a trailer, Kathy said, why are we buying a trailer? My response was, well, to haul stuff. <laughs> and she was saying, what stuff? I said, I don't know, but when we need to haul it, we'll know. <laughs> Look at this cool trailer. <laughs> we got to haul stuff. <laughs> and amazingly enough, we have hauled all kinds of stuff. Sure. And it was unforeseen. Air compressors, power tools, um, all that kind of stuff. It's just cool. And Guys... To a point, need those gears. Now, some of them need processors and RAM and screen and all. I get that. Um, but guys need gears. And so it's just fun stuff to tinker around with, work around the house, have some fun. So with. when you say gears, you're thinking of, explain that even a little more. Because I was thinking gears of on a cycle, because I'm a cyclist. I love to bike. But you can't ride in the same gear all the time. There needs to be an ebb and a flow oh, to your you. ride. You know what I mean? Because you can get farther and faster and recover better when there's a momentum. And so you can't be all out sprint and you can't be st- standing still. You've got to have some movement. So you're talking gears like equipment? I am. Okay. But well, I'm I happy. thought we were on the same page, but both of these do apply, right? <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> I, I like your analogy. <laughs> yeah. I like your but, analogy. So, you, so you're talking gears like toys? Yeah. Oh. But not. But guys are listening today, and they but, like that better, I'm sure. But look, it's it's all gears. I uh, I originally I thought of just engines, you know, uh, lawnmowers and stuff like that. But I think it can be extrapolated and mm-hmm. expanded sure in a number could. of ways. It works. The G yeah. works. Okay. Yeah. The next one is guts. Guts. I like that one. You need courage mm-hmm. to live the Christian life in this society. Increasingly. Uh, you need courage, and this is only going to get worse. It's not going to get better uh, unless there's a complete revival, which I pray for every day. Um, you need guts. Mm-hmm. And part of the guts thing here is um, not just living out your Christian faith, but I'll, I'll take this another direction too. Most people are not good at conflict resolution because it takes guts to face into the negative and to deal with conflict head-on in a mature, righteous way. Uh, you'll never see that illustrated on, on TV. Uh, most of the time when people have a conflict on TV, they yell, and then one of them storms off and the other one's left while the music plays and we mm-hmm. segue into another part of the show. It's drama. It's drama. Mm-hmm. But it's not conflict resolution. And so um, most people are very afraid of resolving conflict. Most people. That takes guts. It does. It takes guts. It takes guts to look at your spouse and say, honey, I love you, but, right? It's easy. This is what I see. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm poster boy for avoiding conflict. All right. So don't look at me and say, hey, well, how do you do it, Bill? Because my answer is I usually don't. (laughs) (laughs) But someone ought to face the conflict. But, But, you know, you're right. Nobody likes to. But really, it's almost like my uh, co-host, Greg Smalley, says we've got to be willing to disrupt harmony for a deeper peace. You know, temporarily disrupt harmony for a deeper sense of peace. And I like that because I just think if you want true safety in relationships, you want to be with people who will lovingly talk with you straight. Because I think the two extremes are avoidance and then you see passive aggressiveness or you've got uh, people who um, blow up at you. But to someone who's got a groundedness to love you and to to keep that thing about that thing and go, I'm going after that. I still love the whole of who you are, but we got to deal with this thing. Those are far and few between, but those are safe people then because you know they're yeah. going to talk straight to you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And st- Scripture talks about be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. So whatever it is, sometimes it takes courage to leave when you'd rather stay mm-hmm. a job or a ministry, mm-hmm. and other times it takes courage to stay when you'd rather leave. So you got to have guts. I love that. And just one other thing. It takes courage to lead, too. Yes, it does. And so almost all of us at one time or another are in a leadership position, and the whole leadership thing takes courage. So don't shy away from it. Go to God. Get the courage. He'll fill you up. Get the guts. 
Get the guts. Get the guts. 12, Twelve G's every guy needs. God, girl, guns, gold, gears, guts. Granola. <laughs> he made this one up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is it? Food. you got to have food. And good food. And most of us eat the wrong type of food and too much food, and I am the poster boy for that as well. Okay. Well, you could make the application consumption, because what do we consume, yeah. right? Right. We overconsume the wrong things. We lose our taste for the right things. And God doesn't honor that. And gluttony is sin. And he is not a respecter of sins. It's not like he minimizes some sin and maximizes others. Uh, so when we overconsume, especially, I shouldn't say especially, but in the area of food, uh, and we are gluttons, we get fat, and we are not good um, witnesses. I, don't you think this is maybe the most overlooked sin yes. in the in yes. church? You know, I and I really get frustrated. Okay, so can I rant for a Please. minute? Please, as I if you haven't so, been yet. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Just, <laughs> totally kidding. You know, Neil, Neil was telling me how much. You know, Bill, we like you, but. You got to screw loose. <laughs> I, think this, I think that's what Dick said. That's he said, funny. He goes, "We like you, but you got to screw loose." And I, well, you okay. fit right in here. I'm telling you what. No, I want to hear your rant. Let's hear it about um, that. I am so tired of Christian organizations telling me I can't smoke or drink or dance, but boy, I can sure have four and five pieces of pie. Mm-hmm. I am just so tired of that. Don't tell me the 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 young generation today doesn't really give one rat's behind whether you are having a glass of wine or smoking a cigar now and then. What they do, what they do notice is that you're overweight and that you don't take care of your body. And it's a mixed message to them. It is a mixed message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a mixed message. Now, I, I'm not, I know I've just stepped on a number of toes, um, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, um, while Taking care of our bodies doesn't profit a lot, the Bible says. It does profit a little. Mm-hmm. There is still profit there. That's right. And part of packing it in, like we talked about earlier, is also sitting on the couch watching TV. And um, at 53, I figure I've got 25 years left of productivity, assuming my health sticks around. My health isn't going to stick around if I'm not exercising, if I'm overweight, and I am robbing God of the greatest times of our life because i think you're most productive and most influential from the time you're about 45 or 50 until the time you're about 70 or 75 that's your greatest opportunity for influence and productivity and you're kind of over yourself by then too and i think Gosh, that's I one of the so. reasons you can be so influential don't you i mean you start to kind of get over your the, the ego stuff and the posturing it really becomes about finding your lane and doing your thing regardless right. of what people think about who you are right and so and so you know what, I'm not going to make it to 75 if I don't take care of my yeah. body and if I'm not exercising and if I'm not eating healthy. It may not be so much about my weight, but it sure is about my health. And so that's what's wrapped up in that granola. I, I think it's brilliant, and, I, and stewardship is an issue in every sense of the word. And you don't realize what you're taking for granted till you lose it. Mm-hmm. And so often we can be crisis managers. We let our finances go till we have a blow-up, or we let a relationship go till we have a blow-up, and we let our health go. And so I think it's just it's harder to get stuff back. It's easier to maintain it. So just the little things. If you worked out three times a week where you went for a walk and got your heart rate up, I mean, research shows that when you go from no exercise to some, marked health differences. If you want to go from some and be an extreme exerciser, you know, there's imbalances on that side, but there's not really as many health benefits. You can benefit. You can just become extremely fit, fast, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the most marked differences are for those who go from none to some. So just move. Your body was made to move. So Yeah, it was. Yeah. It good. takes energy to make energy, right? A good word. All right. So, word. God, girls, guns, gold, gears, guts, granola, and? Goodness. All right. Let's hear this one. Uh, this came from James. To him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. we got to be good. And this requires, I think, an extreme sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives and knowing the voice of God versus the voice of others and demonic and otherwise in our lives. Um, if you have a chance to do good, do it. Amen. Okay. And I can't define this for you. I can't define it for anybody listening today. Uh, what I can do is just say that as the Holy Spirit leads you to do good, that's the goodness part here. Um, it may be 
helping somebody build a deck. It may be um, taking a meal to a family. It may be getting yanked in the studio at the very last minute and yeah. offering your time to do yeah. an interview like this, right, yeah. Phil? Yeah, we didn't have that this plan. No, we didn't. didn't. We? It was so good of you. But, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of Psalm 23. It says, Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, yeah. and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about that. When we tend to look back at our past, we, we can fall under condemnation. We can beat ourselves up. And he says, no, when you look over your shoulder, see my mercy and my goodness. I've been good to you, and I've covered you in my mercy. And I feel like since he's done that for us, let's do that for each other. Let's not keep bringing up people's past mistakes. Let's let's be good to them when it's, as you say, within our reach to do that. You know, buy somebody a lunch, help somebody with their cart. I mean, there's just the smallest things can be big things in someone's yeah, life. Yeah. So look, look for ways to do good. And uh, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So one caveat here. Um, the need is not the call. Amen. 100% agree. Okay. And explain why that's so important. Because there's a ton of needs out there that you can see and you might be drawn to, but the Holy Spirit may not be calling you to do that particular yeah. thing. You need to operate within the call of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit, not within the emotional tugs of all the needs. Amen. And I feel like the two... Uh, the two side effects of thinking that the need dictates the call, one is burnout and the other is self-righteousness because it's, you know, you're sort of the savior of the hour, but you you will lose your boundaries, you will lose your compass, oh and you heavens. will wear yourself out. Oh, yeah. So good, good work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so the next one is greatness. Greatness, I define as serving. Excellent. We are great when we serve. The last will be first, first will be last. Uh, the greatest, I'm paraphrasing hugely here. The uh, the servants among you are the greatest is, yeah. is the thrust of, of Scripture. And so when we talk about greatness as being one of the characteristics that every guy or gal needs, we're really talking about serving. How can I serve you today? What can I do to help you? As a business owner, I say that to customers. Well, how can I, how can I help you today? What can I do for you today? How can I serve you today? But that's also on an interpersonal level. Um, sometimes I say that to my wife, Kathy. It's like, well, what can I do for you today? How can I serve you? Or maybe I'll be helping her do something in the garden. I'm not a big garden guy, okay? I'm just not. The fact that you're helping her is but goodness go, and greatness. I go out and, and I, I sit there and I pull weeds. Actually, last year, I kid you not, I was working in the garden. There was a ton of weeds pulled, uh, pulling weeds, right? Pulling, pulling, pulling. She finally comes out and says, wow, you're pulling weeds. And I said, you know, I know this means something to you. Hmm. And God is teaching me that I need to pull every sin out of my life. So every time I pull a weed, I'm, I'm symbolically asking God to take sin out of my life and replace it with righteousness. That's amazing. Um, I love serving my wife. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love her anyways. I like being with her. She's a fun person. She's a beautiful person inside and out. And uh, my son and my daughter are the same way. I tell you what, I, I could not have two of the better kids, in my, except for yours, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I could not have two of the better kids That's amazing. In, my, in my life. But um, uh, much of leadership is about service. Yep. And much of headship is about service, and that's where the greatness comes in. That's beautiful. And Jesus modeled that, didn't he, when he washed the disciples' feet, you know? And he died on the cross He rose up. Yeah, you know, those are the two things. You know what I loved about him? So many things, but I say this often, that he was content to be misunderstood. Because when you think about him as the king, and he's in this room, and their disciples are wondering who, where the where this servant was to wash the feet. And the king gets up, and he's the one who bows low, and he's the one who does it. The lowliest servant would have done that at that time. And so he he's like... He was modeling something so profound. And then, as you say, he died a criminal's death on the cross. I'm sure some lived and died thinking he was a criminal like the other two that mm-hmm. flanked him. But he was like, I'm willing to be misunderstood for the few because I'm, I'm the joy set before me because mm-hmm. I'm saving you. And I just think when you're a servant, if you're a, a business leader and you're willing to serve and to be humble, some may mistake you because sometimes ego seems to reign supreme. And people equate greatness with ego, but they're so not in the kingdom, mm-hmm. in the kingdom mentality. And so the willingness to serve, that's great in God's eyes. And that is what echoes into eternity. Love that. You know, it's its so interesting that you mention that because that willingness to be misunderstood is one of the undeniable truths that I have for business owners at the Bible and business. I have a whole list of undeniable truths about business ownership. And you have to be willing to be misunderstood. Yeah. And that takes some grit, doesn't it? But it we'll does. get to, I'm getting ahead we'll of get my G's. <laughs> 
We're going to get to grit in a minute. So we've said greatness. Uh, we've got a few left here. One is gratitude. Talk about that, Bill. Gratitude. You have to be thankful. Yeah. Um, uh, and Life is better that way. It is. And you're thankful to God, not just thankful to this, I don't know, this foggy notion of being thankful. I think most most Americans on Thanksgiving Day, who do they thank? Well, I don't know. They thank the turkey for dying for them, I guess. Um, but a grateful heart is a heart that also has humility in it. When you see a person who's not grateful, you'll necessarily see a person who's arrogant. And a person who is grateful to God is necessarily a person who is humble before God. And so uh, your your gratitude, your thankfulness helps you remember that everything you have, everything you are, everything you're accomplishing is only because of God's grace. The fact that you and I are sitting here on the air, it's a pretty enviable job that you have, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, and the, your chance to influence you know, tens of thousands of people on a daily basis is amazing. And uh, being on the air, as you know, I know, it's just fun. This is fun what we do, right? Yes. That's a gift from God. And we should be thankful for this. For whatever time we have on the air, we should be thankful for it. I own a business. I'm thankful for that in spite of all the frustrations and the hindrances and the and the downtimes we have. I'm thankful that I get to provide employment. I'm thankful that I get to generate wealth. I'm thankful that I get to do a whole bunch of things that I enjoy doing. So um, having a thankful heart is essential to being a man of God or a woman of God. Yeah. It really is. And there are always reasons for giving thanks. And I yeah. think you miss those when we look to the left and right and compare and want somebody else's story. Oh, my heavens. And so we've got to reckon that. If there's a hint of jealousy, Scripture says basically that's the gateway sin to, to demonic activity. That's what Scripture talks about. Look up jealousy in Scripture, and you'll see the demonic activity. It's it's giving, giving the devil a foothold. So if you're dealing with jealousy, it's really hard to be thankful. So that might be one of those things. You go do business with God. Deal with it so that you start to and reset by thanking him for the blessings yeah. you enjoy. You're far more blessed than you know. Yeah, and you know Neil Anderson said, contentment is just wanting what you already have mm. and that's that's a part of this excellent gratefulness okay we've got bill english in studio we're working our way through a list of 12 g's every guy needs and really every girl needs as well and so we've uh, talked about gratitude we've got two more left what's the second to the last one uh well you can't read my handwriting no there? i Come can't on. it's gentleness oh yes gentleness, gentleness. power restrained Excellent. Is how I define gentleness. You have power, you have force, you have might, but you restrain it, and it's gentle. It's it's kind of like the big buff man holding the little tender baby. Love that's, that. That's kind of the word picture. And not there. to be confused with spineless passivity, yeah. because that can look gentle, but yeah. that's coming from a totally different place, isn't it? It really is. It's it's coming from a place of being one down. Whereas gentleness, you might actually put yourself in a one-down position, but you didn't need to be there if you didn't right. want to be there. Exactly. So important. Big distinction, I think. You know. And being gentle, um, let me let me just apply this in one area. Being gentle in discipline with your kids. Okay. Stepping on toes. That's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, most of the way people discipline kids is by yelling at them. Uh, we we build, let it build up, build up, build up. Comes out and we're yelling at people. Um, proper discipline is done gently, but firmly and effectively. And when you do it that way, kids will respond a lot better. So just a, That's a, word, good word. a word to the wise. Yeah. If that steps on toes, maybe it kind of needed to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, just, or just wear clothes. Yeah. Toed shoes. <laughs> yeah. Steel toed <laughs> shoes. All right. Grit is our last one. Talk oh, about grit. grit. I love this word. I use it often. Grit. Persistence. You got to keep going. And this is what perseverance is in First Peter. You know, perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Um, the Bible talks about persevering. And really, in some ways, this comes back to some of the earlier things we've talked about, about not packing it in, not coasting in the latter part of your life and keeping growing and keeping going. So grit, uh, persistence. And this applies in a number of areas. For me, it applies in my business. Uh, just keeping at it, even though our market in our particular vertical is down, uh, we're going to just keep at it until we are uh, successful at the measure that I want us to be. It might be sticking with a marriage that you really don't want to stick in. 
Uh, it might be sticking with an, an employer a little bit longer. It might be standing by your son or daughter when they've really screwed up. I mean, royally screwed up. Okay. And yet you persist in loving them. That's good. And you persist in staying with them. Why? Because Jesus Christ, think about the persistence Jesus Christ has with us. And think about the persistence it took to go through that entire crucifixion experience without sinning. Think about getting pummeled by people who hate you and you in your heart and in your emotions and in your attitudes, you don't even sin. It's unfathomable. It is, it? but it takes persistence. Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm thinking of a couple of scripture. One is, it's a paraphrase of two, but it's, we're called to go from strength to strength, glory to glory, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. I mean, just think yeah. about that, to go from strength to strength. So a year from now, being stronger in faith and conviction, being mm-hmm. humbler, being more teachable, having a greater capacity for love, shining ever brighter. Think about that. It's just absolutely amazing when you think about it. And the other one is, though outwardly we may be wasting away, inwardly we're renewed day by day. And I think there's something so powerful and beautiful about an elderly person who's been through the war, been through a lot, but their countenance just glows with Christ. Yeah. There's a humility about them yeah. and a wonder and a gratitude. Yeah. And it's they're not that way because nothing bad ever happened. They're that way because they chose to process their wounds in a Christ-like mm. way, mm. and they've decided that their oneness mm. with God matters more than anything. That, to me, is what it means to have outwardly, you're wasting away. We get older, right? But inwardly, to be renewed day mm. by day. That is a work, I think, of the Holy Spirit within us and really keeping just an active, intimate fellowship going with him. And as you say, Bill, uprooting the sin, humbling ourselves, praying fervently. I think that gives us spiritual muscle. There's so much to walking with him. And this persistence is going to be needed more and more as suffering becomes more and more part of the Christian experience here in America. Uh, Most Christians do not have a good theology on suffering. They really don't. Mm -hmm. And let's remember that if the author of our faith, Hebrews 5, tells us the author of our faith, faith, can't say it right, if the author of our faith, had to be made complete or finished through suffering. Why would we expect that we're going to not face that? For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, Philippians 1, but also to suffer for him. Part and parcel of accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord is saying, yes, I'm going to suffer for you, God. And I'm sorry if that's kind of a downer for all you uppers out there, <laughs> um, but it's but also it's scriptural. Mm-hmm. It's a reality, and persistence is needed in suffering. And when we walk through the fire, we can come through the fire without smelling like smoke. We walk through the waters. They will not completely overtake <laughs> us. You know what I mean? He promises that, doesn't he? Winston Churchill said that. When you're walking through hell, don't stop. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Very good. So, you know, that's the thing, too. Some of my favorite people are those who suffered greatly. Yes. And those who have no idea... What I'm talking about, I probably won't talk to them about the things that are breaking my heart because right. you want to be near the people who've suffered and suffered well yeah. and so important. So, Bill English, this has been absolutely great. And really, we were out in the in the green room talking, and I yanked him in the studio and said, let's talk about these 12 Gs. And so really on the spot, not a chance to prepare, and it was amazing. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. And if you want to see the list of these, because they're, they're probably not going to write them down, um, you can see these over at the com. I do have a blog post on this. Excellent. Bibleandbusiness.com. Yep. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Thank Great you. to be with you. You bet. Thanks.
Well, you've been listening to Live the Promise. I'm Susie Larson, and you can find a podcast of today's program on our website at myfaithradio.com, along with the music and the scriptures referenced throughout the hour. You can also find podcasts from Faith Radio Mornings, Connecting Faith, and Everyday Relationships. Even our weekend programs are there as well. Finally, guess what? The Lord wants you to last long and finish strong. He's the one who keeps you strong to the end. Have a great day.